I love that bluesy opening. Now, welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. I am glad that you're here today. Hello to our folks in Malvern. We are glad that we get to see you virtually. Uh, we're beginning a brand new series today called Like a River. Now, I want to introduce you to a river where Vanessa and I spend a lot of Fridays with her parents uh, up in the Washita Mountains. And we've got a picture here for you. This is uh, Sugar Creek coming up, and it will be here in just a moment. Here it comes, unless we've had a crash. Let me see. It's coming, right? I can't hear. There we go. That's Sugar Creek. That's in the Washtenaw uh, National uh, Forest. Oh, it's a beautiful place. Um, Sugar Creek uh, runs, it's a little spring-fed creek, runs right in front of my in-law's cabin Oh, it is so pretty. That's a picture from, uh, from last fall. Now, Sugar Creek flows into another river, and here this comes. This is the Little Missouri River, this next picture McKinley's going to give us. That's the Little Missouri. That's the, uh, that's the Little Missouri River Falls right there. And this is a little bigger river, and it is spring-fed from all these other little uh, spring-fed creeks. Now, this river flows, this is just a couple miles from Sugar Creek, which flows in, Sugar Creek flows into this, and then this river flows on down to a place, part of Camp Albert Pike there. There's the water, it broadens out, uh, it's about three feet deep at, at, in places, a little deeper in some. That's it right there. That is Camp Albert Pike. It is so pretty. The water is so clear. You can see straight through it, straight to the bottom, even those deeper areas over there that you see, you can see all the way down to the bottom because it's spring-fed. Um, we just, I absolutely love this area. We're there as often as we can get there. And um, when I was a kid, actually, we went to Camp Albert Pike as when I was a child, and we would camp there. So pretty. And I just have so many memories of just playing in that spring-fed river. Um, that's the first place I ever saw a bullfrog tadpole. It's so giant, and I was just enamored. I just, I have so many great memories of Camp Albert Pike. It is, in my opinion, one of the most amazing, beautiful places in Arkansas. Um, but not this night. At 5.30 early in the morning on June the 11th, 2010, after some heavy localized rainfall, it was from six to eight inches of rain in a very short period of time, it flooded the Little Missouri River. And it swept through the campsites and through the campground uh, there at Albert Pike at the Washtenaw National Forest. The river in that moment left its banks and it was rising from three feet of depth to over 23 feet in just a few hours while the campers and the cabin renters were asleep. Now, 23 feet, just think about that for a moment. That is taller than this building. And that was rushing through what you just saw. 23 feet of water. And it pounded its way through, destroying and damaging and killing at least 20 people drowned that night, including six children. And what has been and has always been such a beautiful and fun place as that river was in its banks became a devastating flood as it left those banks. 
I want to hit pause for just a moment on this, and I would like to let you know um, who's teaching today. My name is Harley. I'm one of the pastors here at Stuttgart Harvest Church, and I just want you to know right off the bat, I am a broken person. In fact, I was born broken. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about I was born broken just in my thinking and in my life. But the older that I got, the more decisions that I made from my broken filter that I had, that means the more broken I became the older I got. So I am broken. That is a fact. But I am in the process of being restored by my Creator, my Savior, Jesus. So I'm broken, but I am being changed, and I'm being rearranged and put back together. I am not satisfied with just being able to say, I'm broken. That's my excuse. The excuse for my behavior and the way I live, I'm broken. I'm not okay with just saying that and just staying broken. You see, over the years in my own life, my life, because of my choices at times, has left the safety of the riverbanks. And my life flooded, damaging people around me, damaging family, damaging friends around me. But as I have, over the course of time, continued to submit my life to the care and the control of Jesus, He keeps changing me. Slowly, He is increasing the depth of my personal, in my life, riverbanks, so that more can flow through there so that I can handle, slowly learn to handle more and more pressures in this life. Now sometimes I still flood and I still damage and I still hurt and I do still destroy. But I want you to know God is not finished with me yet. You see, I believe that God has a plan for all of His creation. That includes you, that includes me. And in this series, though, we're going to be talking, we've said that this series is rated PG, it is for a reason. In this series, we're going to be talking about a very specific part of God's plan for our lives. And in order to do that, I want to go all the way back to where it started for us at creation. We're going to look at this historical document called Genesis and we're going to, to take a quick peek at where all this began. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Read along. It'll be on the screen. Then God said, let us make human beings. I wish I could expound on that. Don't have time. God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like ourselves. Verse 27 goes on to say, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Mel and female, he created them. And there we see the beginning of God's design, God's plan for people, for humans. It goes way beyond our external biology. We actually find it in every cell of our body. In every strand of our DNA, the Bible says that God, and science confirms that God created them male 
male with two chromosomes, actually, and you find that in the very tiniest part of our body in that DNA, two chromosomes for a male, an X and a Y. The Bible says, and he created females, two chromosomes there as well, and we know science tells us that that is an X and an X. And that's all by God's design. I want to give you a disclaimer here. I don't want you to be startled as we progress through today's teaching. If perhaps from a church this is new and being talked about, I want you to know, don't be startled. If you are still trying to decide if you want to follow Jesus, we are so glad that you're here. In fact, we started this church for you. We're glad that you're here. We want you to continue that journey. Please, 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 just kind of hang in here with me today as we work through this. And I just want you to say, please, don't leave today and then say to yourself, wow, I'm never going back to that place. I'm hoping you're going to hear what we talk about today through my heart. See, I believe that God has brought you to this point, and God has brought you to this place. Even if you're watching online, I believe that God has brought you to this place and this point. And it is okay for us to talk about what God has let us know in His Word. It's okay for us to lovingly talk about God's plan for us in this area. And that's okay. I want you to know that's okay because guess what? I don't understand it all either. I don't. But hang in there with this. You might not even agree with what I'm going to be talking about, but I just simply say that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. Just hang in here with me through this. And my challenge and encouragement, my hope for you, is that you will keep pursuing Jesus because you are on the right journey, the journey of life. So just listen to what we talk about today. And if that is you, what I've just described, then perhaps for you, just begin a conversation with God about following Him. Talk with God this week about following Him and don't quit investigating Jesus. All right. Now, it goes on in verse 28. It says, Then God blessed them, and He said, Be fruitful and multiply. So He told them to go and multiply. And we know, according to science, that there's only one way we can really multiply Biologically, for that to happen, it's going to require one man and it's going to require one woman. Now, we're going to see next that God has even a design for that as well. And here's what that looks like, that plan. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. Now, that Hebrew word that's used here that's been translated helper, that Hebrew word means neither for this helper, neither to be superior to Adam, but neither inferior to Adam. 
That's what that word means. Not superior, not inferior, but equal. Just right for him. This marriage of equals is a perfect fit, God says. And the reality is, it's even a perfect fit physically. Perfect fit. Corresponding biological parts that only function correctly together. A perfect fit. But that Hebrew word also implies this. It implies that this woman, who's going to be named Eve, was also there in that moment to save Adam. This is all in the language. By God's design, she was there in that moment to save Adam from human isolation. Now next, God puts Adam in this very deep sleep. He takes out a rib, and he creates Eve. And I can only imagine now, God is going to wake up Adam, and I can just kind of imagine that it's like a a grandparent who is so excited to see and to watch the grandkids open up the presents, right? So, I mean, God's there kind of probably poking at Adam's, like, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to wake up. (laughs) Christmas has arrived, Adam. It's time to get up. Verse 23. We're not told how Adam wakes up. I kind of think he was a little groggy. (laughs) He gets an eye open. And he sees something, which makes him forced to open both eyes. Woo! Looking at God. What have you done? And he says, At last! Wow! The man exclaimed. This is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. Woo! And in that moment, when you read that, you have just witnessed the first wedding vows ever. And it was from a ceremony conducted by God. And now, God explains to us what happened. The next verse, verse 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And then he says this, and the two are united into one. And in that moment, God confirms it. He defines it for us. He defines this thing called marriage. Now think with me for just a moment. If God really is the creator and he created this thing called marriage, then this thing called life. If he really is the creator, then God, as the creator, gets to design how it all works. And this is how God says that it works. A man and a woman joined together in marriage. But it doesn't end there. You see, God created this thing called sex, PG, sex. It is how all the animal kingdom really produces, right? Reproduces. 
But God created something special for us. So let's add another word to that. It's not just sex, but sexual intimacy. It is known by no other parts of God's creation except mankind. And that is by God's design. It's not just for reproduction, although it is that too. But God creates this as the ultimate human unity, where two actually become one flesh. And here we find that God reserves that only between the marriage of a man and a woman. You see, sexual intimacy, God places only within that safety of a marriage, within that security of a marriage, that protection of a marriage. And it's God's design. It is His best plan that He has created for Adam and Eve. And it's still His best plan today. And look at the results of that. Verse 25. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. No shame, no guilt, no regret, no bad memories, no shame. Now we could take the next few weeks and I could do my best and Cole could do his best to try to kind of present an argument for to, to come to some kind of agreement with everyone that yes, this is God's plan. This is his best. It's his plan. But I'm going to be honest, that's not what this series is all about. Because today, I'm making some assumptions, some very critical assumptions. So I want to tell you what those assumptions are. Today, I'm assuming that we all want to know more about God, our Creator. I'm assuming that, that we want to know God, our Creator, and know more about Him. Today, I'm assuming that you can admit to God, your Creator, that you, along with me, we don't have it all figured out. We don't understand it all. Today, I'm assuming that if we do agree that God is God, then we must agree that God gets to create and He gets to design and he gets to set up and create and design how his crea creation that he has created as God functions best. Because he is God. Now I'm not. Today I'm also assuming that some of us in this room and some of us listening online perhaps are in the process still of deciding if we are going to or not going to submit to God and follow Him. I'm assuming that some of us are still deciding that. Now, I don't want to hide um, God's desire for your life, as we find in Scripture. I don't want to hide that from you. I, I, I don't want to hide and walk around and skirt around God's plan for your relationships and God's best design for you. So I want to be honest. With all the love and the kindness and, and the truth that this broken down, and when I say broken down, 
I'm just as broken as the next guy. This broken down, imperfect teacher can offer. I want to do my best to be honest and truthful and loving and kind. And I'm also assuming that there are others here this morning who have already decided for themselves to submit to God and follow Him. And in doing so, we have said to God, I I don't know what all you have for me, God. I, I don't know all the plans you have for me. But as you reveal them to me, God, as you reveal your best and your plan for me, I've already decided in my heart and mind I'm going to follow you. With your help, God, I want you to move me closer and closer and closer to your best for me. But there may be some here this morning that what we're about to discuss, there could be some fear, maybe some anxiety like I have had at different times in my life. Some things that God has said about His plan for sexuality. And there have been some things about that in my life that I've said, I just want to ignore that. I just want to pretend that wasn't there. I want to walk around that and maybe just pretend that that didn't exist. And in doing so, saying, I want to follow you, Jesus, but not in that area. Let's leave that one off to the side. Not in that area, but I'll follow you everywhere else. Today, I'm assuming that we probably don't have anyone here today who is saying, God, I'm not ever going to follow you, ever. No way. Because you're here. It implies that there's interest. and you, you, I doubt there's anyone here today who's saying, I'm not ever going to submit to you, God. I don't care what you have for my life. I don't care. I'm saying to you, no, no, go away. Leave me alone. I am going to do life my way, my terms. I don't care what you want. Now, many of us, like me, have been at that place, but I'm assuming today that your very presence here, we are either investigating following Jesus or we already are. So I simply want to say this is a safe place for us to talk about this and have this conversation about God's best plan for our lives, knowing that we have all missed His best in many areas of our life. And most of us, when we look at the standard that Jesus has, we'll talk about that later in another part of the series, all of us have missed God's standard even here as we're talking about sexual intimacy. So I realize, knowing we have all, myself included, missed His best in many ways, But we want to, in our hearts, many of us are saying, God, will you help me to continue moving toward your best? And if you already are following Jesus, then I believe you've made that decision. 
You've made that decision to say, Jesus, as long as you show me a step to take towards your best, with your help, I want to begin the process of moving in that direction. And so here we see, as we have read, God's best for human sexuality. It's so much more than reproduction that's involved, but it's more. For us, for humans, it is this emotional union of two flesh becoming one, practiced only in the safety of marriage as designed by God between a man and a woman. But wait, there's more. Chapter 3 happens in Genesis. Dun, dun, dun. The moment that Eve sinned, and quickly behind that, Adam sinned as well, and in those moments, everything, and I mean everything, broke. Our relationship with God in that moment broke as soon as they sinned. Marriage in that moment, as designed by God, broke, and sexual intimacy broke as well. And it is from that brokenness, from Adam and Eve, that we still live today in that brokenness. And that brokenness is not God's plan for me. It's not God's plan for you. We have taken God's marriage design and we have mixed it with our own broken ideas. We have taken God's amazing sexual intimacy design and we have ruined it with our own brokenness and lust. And as it is today, as we see marriage today and sexual intimacy today, it has not been the same since that first sin. What has it become? Well... It's not God's best for us. Even though we broke it, and we continue to break it today, God's plan, God's design, His best for us remains unchanged. It remains the same. But now that perfect marriage relationship would never be the same. Now that perfect gift of sexual intimacy would become distorted and twisted. And it all broke because broken people like me have come up with our own broken ideas about what it is. And now the very stewards and managers of this thing called marriage that God gave us and this thing called sexual intimacy that God gave us is being mismanaged. We are mismanaging God's design. You see, with God, the river is in its banks safely. But with me and you, with us, the river has left the banks, has abandoned the boundaries, and it has become a devastating flood. And while everything has changed as sin entered, not just into this world, but the Bible says that sin actually, literally, has entered us. 
one thing didn't change. God's design and plan for his plan for his creation. God's plan for sexual intimacy inside of God's design for marriage. God's best has remained unchanged. So today, I stand before you as a broken man with broken ideas and broken thoughts and broken thinking, having also in my own life related to sexual intimacy, having in so many times and phases throughout my life left the safety of the riverbanks, abandoned the boundaries And the result was creating a flood in many ways at different times in my own life. So I ask you, will you join me? Join me on the journey of this series that we're starting today. Starting from right where you are. Some of us in this room being married men and women who have also at times in our lives left the banks of God's design. And because of that we experienced damaging floods in our lives and damaging and hurting the lives around us. And will you join me on this series, those of you who are still single or single again, And for you, too, at times and in various ways in your life, having left the banks of God's design, and you, too, having flooded your life and the lives around you, will you join me on this journey? We don't have a choice but to start here, because we can't go back there, you know? We just have today to start right here where we are. No matter what happened in our past, no matter what happened last night, to start right here and to begin to start over today. Possibly moving forward with the help of Jesus, and I simply ask, will you join me? So here's what I'm suggesting today. There's three ways that I want to talk about starting over as we finish today. Here's the first way. It all starts as we submit to Jesus and we follow Jesus. And my question is simply, have you done that yet? In your own life. Have you finally gotten to that point where you said, Jesus, I need you. 
And here's the reason we can even go to Jesus. It's because it was God's plan all the way, even before he created Adam and Eve. He knew that Adam and Eve was going to blow it and that evil would enter into his creation. He knew it, and he created us anyway. He could have passed and say, oh, I'll miss all that heartache. I'm just not going to do it because I know how it will turn out. He created us anyway with a plan in mind of how he was going to redeem us from that evil, from that sin. And it was through Jesus Christ. And at just the right time, Jesus Christ, which is fully God. It's God putting on the clothes, the body, the flesh and blood of man, and walking among us. That's Jesus. The only way to make up for the sins of the world, the evil that is in the world, was for a sacrifice. It would take the ultimate sacrifice It would take the death of God. The problem is God can't die. And that's why God said, I will put on the flesh and blood, God the Son. I'll do it. God's plan, I'll put put on the flesh and blood of man. I will go. I will pay the price. I will die for the sins of the world. That's exactly what Jesus did three days later. And listen, it was predicted Predicted, 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 all through the Old Testament. Predicted, predicted, predicted by Jesus. And that's what happened. He did it. He pulled it off. Three days later, he did exactly also what was predicted. He walked out of the tomb alive. And it is because of that that we can look to Jesus and say, you paid the price for every way I have blown it and every way I will blow it. I'm going to give this life to you and follow you for the rest of my life. If you're ready to do that, you just simply need to say, Jesus, in your heart, right now, right where you are, you don't have to say it out loud, you don't have to walk down here to me, right where you are, right where you are at home, right where you are in this theater, say, in your heart, Jesus, you died for me, and I needed it. There's no way I could deal with my own sin. I've tried. You paid the price for me. You bought my life with your death. You walked out of the grave, Jesus, alive to defeat death. And so I give my life to you. And I'm going to follow you. If you're doing that right now, please, 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 on your connection card, whether it's the online connection card or the paper version, let us know. You're making Jesus the boss of your life right now because we want to get you some information. We're not going to hound you or bother you. We just want to simply give you some information. If you say stop, we'll stop. We're just going to give you information. Let us know if right now you're making him the boss of your life. That's the first thing. This is where it all begins. We can't really get the help of Jesus until we start with the help we need, and that's it. Here's the second thing, though. The second thing. It involves this one word. It involves this word repentance. Now, that's involved in step one, too. I didn't explain it, but it's there. That's what we're doing. We were following our way, and we say, wait, Jesus, that's my way. Your way's over here. My way is broken. It doesn't work. I'm going to turn from my way, and I'm going to follow your way. That turning is repentance. Now, here's the second thing. Maybe you're already following Jesus, but there's something, some area, very possibly within this topic that we are introducing and are going to be talking about for the next three weeks, that you already know in your heart You've been following your own way and ignoring the way of Jesus. 
And in that moment, here's the second encouragement of how to start over, is to recognize, Jesus, I have just been ignoring something I have known in my heart, and I've been pursuing my way. With your help, I need to stop and turn around. That's repentance. Turn around and begin pursuing you. There are many Christ followers who have left God's plan that we're going to be talking about specifically revolving around marriage and sexual intimacy. Many Christ followers who are just not following in that. We'll follow in other things, but we're not following there. We need to stop and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to turn. Maybe the first step is just simply turning and facing. Saying, Jesus, I need your help. I want to move your direction. That's the second thing. Is there some area of your life where you just need to say, I need to stop, I've been following my way, ignoring yours, and I need to turn and begin to face you, Jesus. Here's the third step today. And this, again, involves all of us. The first one is for people not yet following Christ. The second one is for people following Christ that maybe we've averted his plan and turned our back on part of his plan. Here's the third one. Don't just take my word for it. What I'm going to be teaching today and what what I have taught today and what I'm going to be teaching with Cole in the next few weeks, don't just take my word for it or our words for it. We beg you, please, search the New Covenant, which is what we today often call the New Testament. But I think the Testament simply is covenant. We don't use the word testament today. We understand covenant a little more. The New Covenant. Don't just take our words for it. Will you please begin a process of looking through the new covenant, starting with Matthew, just work your way through slowly, but look for God's best plan for your life. And very specifically, because of this series, related to your sexual purity. Will you look for his plan? It is all over the new covenant. You won't have to search and dig it out. Just begin reading it. And you will find his best plan for your life. He does not hide it. And listen, as you read it, there will be times that you get angry and upset. God is not afraid of our anger. He doesn't run from it. He doesn't... doesn't, slam you down and put you in your place. He could, but he doesn't. He's not afraid. He's not afraid where we have questions and we don't understand. Will you simply begin to explore what he has provided for us in the new covenant there and looking for your questions and all your concerns, just keep reading through there and looking for his best plan for sexual purity. And I can give you a heads up. It is found in a relationship with him and it will be discovered as you go through this process as his spirit, the spirit of God. Today we've talked about God the Father, we've talked about God the Son, now here's God the Spirit. As his spirit becomes your tour guide through the new covenant. And here's what I ask. Let's do this together. Let's together get our lives back into the safety of his riverbanks. And let's ask forgiveness for where we have not. And let's ask him to help us 
from right where we are to take the next right step with him and for us to keep stepping toward his best. Will you join me on that journey? Let's pray. Father, I know you have a plan for us. Not just a plan to save us. You even have a plan for our lives and our marriage and our sexual intimacy. And if we're resistant to that today, God, may we take our concerns to you as we search for you in the new covenant. May we walk with you toward your best in every area of our lives as we learn to trust you and to submit to you, Jesus. Thank you for taking our brokenness as we are and as we submit our lives to your care and your control. And thank you, thank you for rebuilding our lives. Amen.